welcome to Captivate and Close. I'm Kinsey Mackis, business consultant and marketing strategist, and I'm going to show you how to attract and enroll high-paying clients using my breakthrough online marketing strategies, all without having to rely on complicated funnels, disingenuous clickbait, or spammy sales tactics. These are the messaging, marketing, and selling secrets that virtually no one is talking about. So let's dive in. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Captivating Clothes. I'm excited today. I have my most favorite person ever here on uh, the podcast with me, Megan McCaleb. Megan, say hey. Hello. Hey, everyone. So fun that you're here. Actually, I think this is your second time mm-hmm. back or we did. Yeah, we did a, a live training actually that we published on the podcast. So, so you're a returning guest. This is so Heck fun. Yeah. So good. Thanks for having me back. Yeah. So fun. So um, Megan, if you could just tell everybody who you are and what you do. Cool. Hey friends. Yeah. My name is Megan. I uh, started out as a comedian and now I teach the principles of improv and comedy to help businesses and coaches be amazing in their own element and to amplify their message in a meaningful way as public speakers, among other random fun things, but that's my favorite stuff right there. Um, You and I are obviously in the same, uh, we live in the same city, same state. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and I'll never forget. I reached out to you. I think somebody was like, you need to know this person. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if it was before or after you joined 10 K was it after, I don't remember. I think it was before I actually kind of creeped back on our thing. Cause I was trying to like, remember Tracy. Yeah. Cause yeah. we did connect a little bit just in like Facebook messenger, like almost a year. It might've been almost a year before mm-hmm. we really started like actually yeah. interacting on a regular basis. So, yeah, but just very kind of peripheral stuff. Yeah. And I just had this pull of like getting together and, and knowing you and also having this realization because it was, you know, post COVID and, you know, I'd been isolated at my house, which before that, you know, I had been really good at networking as I was building my business, like really getting good at local networking And then, you know, all of that went away, but just feeling that desire to know more women in my own community. Anyway, I really, I still remember that, um, that morning, I think that led into the early afternoon, that coffee, Mm -hmm. actually, I think we started inside and moved outside. Um, it was just such a beautiful conversation and you have just, there's so much to, there is so much color to you and depth to you. And I think anybody that knows you could probably emulate or could also probably replicate that message. But I just have loved being a part of your journey and it's been really fun. Uh, It feels like, you know, decades worth, but it's been a very potent year for you. And it's been so fun to watch. Um, You really just un, um, just kind of like, unleash, you know, I was, I was sharing with you earlier. I think what I have loved most about this year is, um, you really recognizing and acknowledging your full brilliance. Mm. Would you agree that that's been sort of the theme of the last year? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I know for me, like physically and emotionally, I could feel it that I was like, 
all these things, you know, I hear all this really great feedback from people externally and, and never could quite match it with what I considered success or feeling like I was in a groove and doing things in the most effective way with my skill set and with my passion. And so this past year has been um, pretty remarkable to like really actually, like, you know, I'm like, I'm trying to avoid the cliche things, but lean into it mm-hmm. and trust it and recognize like that the season was finally here to harvest the stuff that has been just a long, mm-hmm. long, long time in the making. And um yeah. And just, just having fun with it. I guess that's the other big thing is the stress comes when you're trying to create something around something that really lights you up and having to provide for your household with that. It's like the tragic story of all creators, you know, creative types and entrepreneurs is where do you actually find that balance and how do you make sure that it is still something that you have fun with? So people see why you love it. And then it works better (laughs) when you really are doing it from that space of fun and, um, and potential instead of, oh my gosh, I got to get when, you know, when's the next client coming or how do I make sure that this is actually a viable business and blah, 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 all the different scenarios, our head starts to, you know, chase its tails with. Yeah. So good. I think there's a lot of things that I want to unpack there, but I think I want to go back to your comment about. Um, a season of harvest. And mm-hmm. I think like we could easily say, like we could call, we could say in this last year, we could basically frame it up as this like rags to riches story. Like we could yeah. position it so powerfully of like, you just literally woke up and decided to do this thing and you were so successful and your life is so amazing. Right. And I think this, oh. but what I really want to bring to life is like, yeah, your life is amazing. And also you didn't, this didn't happen overnight. And I think when we expect things to happen faster for us, or we expect them to go a certain way, I think that's where the disappointment comes in. And then the shame, the, the spiraling of shame and guilt, which leads Mm -hmm. to burnout and giving up. And so can you talk a little bit about your journey and how maybe not every season has been a harvest season and what you've had to go through? Totally. Oh yeah. In fact, I've been feeling a little guilty about it because, and I want to post more, but I always watch the way people post and people will categorize, uh, you know, or catalog, I guess is a better word for it, their time, you know, into these years. Right. Which I am all about like kind of reference points in, in life by using a calendar and man's creation of time, uh, as, as it is, but I also don't put a lot of stock into like certain years are these certain things, right? Everyone that has their like new year's resolutions and they invest all this stuff in and then overload our plates and whatever. So I promise I'm going to get to a point, but kind of a few things that are blurring uh, those lines there for me are that I've been watching people talking about what a struggle things have been this year. And it's been very difficult for people. And, and I'm hearing that. And I'm feeling a little guilty because this has been one of my best years ever in a few ways. One of them being that it was the first year ever that I not only broke six figures uh, doing what I love with my own business, but I also beat it by just a scotch. It was like three or $4,000 more than my last paying highest corporate paycheck. And so to have done it with my own thing was like, oh my gosh, and it it actually really gave me um, 
um, a moment to go, okay, you know, cause the imposter syndrome will kind of come in, but then if you're like, okay, no, I literally have it in proof in my books, I can see it. And then, you know, how do I fine tune it then? Cause a lot of it was many, many years. I recorded my LLC originally in 2010. Mm -hmm. I was working full-time corporate primary breadwinner at the time. I already had one kid at that point, at that point. Um, three more were still yet to come in kind of a challenging personal relationship that I was navigating and, and doing huge things then too, very much trial and error. And so it is funny, you know, all the people that I think are like that Cinderella story of like this overnight thing. I love looking into their stories and read autobiographies and different things like that, just to hear like, what was the true hustle or the struggle or the journey or whatever you want to call it? Because it's always anybody that you know, that is very successful always has this long track record of continuing to put in the work mm -hmm. to try the new things, to gather the information and to keep dissecting, like, which is, which things are working and which are not working. And so on the one hand, I'm feeling just, you know, really victorious and wanting to celebrate it. And I share it a lot with uh, people who are close to me. I haven't really been super public about it, but I feel like I want to, because I had a, you know, a season of a few years with some personal life transitions that really kind of shook my confidence in the business space. And, um, and it's working now because of the commitment to it, mm -hmm. the craft of building this business that I want. And it's still, um, you know, something that I think about every day, but I, I really am genuinely now doing things in the way that I used to fantasize about and really intentionally visualize. I want to be a present mom. I want to volunteer at school first. I want to do all these different things that help me have that balance. And I want to be able to, uh, you know, really stay in my flow. So it's been pretty remarkable to see that it, it can go super fast in a short amount of time when I actually like really went, went for it and honestly made a couple of big investments in myself. Get, yeah. I knew as far, as far as I could get with myself with business strategy that I knew so far, and I needed to invest in business coaching. Um, and yeah, those elements of like the investment matters too, mm, to really take so everything good. seriously. Yeah. Can you tell, uh, I would love you. I love what you said. It's so good. And by the way, you should go celebrate yourself out loud all the way Mm -hmm. to wherever. Right. And I know all the people that love and care about you would celebrate alongside of you. Um, sure. so the other thing too, that you mentioned that I would love for you to put into more context for us is this idea that like the people that are successful are just the ones that are committing to putting in the work. And you also just said, like, it was, you know, me deciding to commit to it fully. Can you give us a little bit of, um, examples just so we can understand like what that actually means? I think we hear about that. Um, we hear about like putting in the work or, um, committing to something, but what did that mean to you? And what did that look like for you? Yeah. So a couple of specific examples that are really easy for me to re relay are actually building the, the stages. So in my business, I perform and I speak and I have to actually be the one that takes the initiative sometimes, which 
I thought was a negative thing for a while, but I would be like, okay, well, I want to do public speaking and I want to talk about improv and I want to make people laugh. So I would do live streaming or I would do different types of, I would book a venue and put on my own show. And then I would go to events or message everyone in my cell phone or everyone on my Facebook thing to invite people to come to my show. And there, it's a struggle in a couple of ways, because when you are having to invite people in and you're kind of building your own stage, it's like, well, do I deserve to be on this stage that I just made for myself? Same thing with like, is this a business I'm really qualified to do, even though I'm just saying, hey, by the way, I do X, Y, Z now. And then the work is that you really just have to keep showing up. You have to make sure that whatever your deliverable is, whether you're posting on social media or talking to you know, I talk to the clerks at Target and my grocery stores and everywhere I go, I try to make that interaction a practice of my craft to either leave them giggling about something because I like to make people laugh or to have a meaningful conversation. Even in those two minutes, that's helping me refine my public speaking, you know, abilities. And so it's on my mind all the time. And I don't, I don't take any of those as like, you know, a throwaway opportunity. I really value that. So the work is if you have the vision, you have to be the one that actually does it. Like even with coaching, like, yes, I have had several business coaches in my lifetime and the intensity of my current coaching experience is very specific to the things I need to do. But it's like you get to show, you get to see you're shown what to do. And then you have to still go in and be the one that sits there in the brainstorming mode of how do you want to tell your story? What is it even something that is actually viable? I've had to be really honest about which things could really make money and which things can't. And um, it's a lot of adjusting and pivoting and, and just, I don't know. I don't, I hope that even answers the question, but it, as literal as I can think of is like most of the shows that I've performed on and in, in the first 12 years of doing standup were because I was out there making it happen. I was literally booking venues. I was literally making flyers and pasting them in windows for years. And now that I get corporate people calling me, they can see there's the track record. And now you know people have heard of me and then I get the word of mouth and whatever. None of that would have happened if I was not constantly out there refining my message, staying true to who I was um, and being honest about which elements are actually working and which one are ones are not like, yeah. I don't know. That's so the good. question. Like what, yeah. what, what and I love, for? there's a couple, <laughs> you know, this is so good. I think one of the biggest things I pulled from that is you just deciding. And, um, you mentioned like even the conversations I have with the clerks, like every mm-hmm. move you make is about you becoming a practice of your own craft. I love that you said that. And I think we talk about this a lot is, becoming a master of your craft because people want more experience. We hear a lot, right? I just need more experience to be successful or I need more credentials or whatever. And like, actually, right. You actually just need to get better at what you're doing. And you can only do that by doing it. And you have been so like, that is, I think been such a huge part of your journey is just you being so willing to freaking dive in and just do the thing and your expectations, right. We have, you know, we'll always have some sort of, you know, mild expectation for what we think is going to happen, 
but you also have been fluid in allowing it to unfold in a way that it needs to. And I think it's been a really incredible thing to witness. I think, what do you think contributes to that sense of, I don't know if it's trust or faith, what would you call it? Um, honestly, a really big thing for me is I'm very mindful of who I allow in my space Mm. personally and professionally, because, uh, I, I feel pretty confident when I have like a win, if I do something where I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah, that hit. Or, you know, I had a speaking gig yesterday and I'm, I was just, I didn't even think about getting a standing ovation, even though the name of what I, my training program is ovation, because I love the energy of when someone gets a standing ovation, like why are people moved to their feet? Right. But I wasn't thinking about that. Literally. I was not thinking about it, that I need to get an ovation for this. I was like, just kind of doing my thing behind the scenes at the, at the back of the room, just getting in my groove, listening to what the other speakers were saying, getting a vibe for what they were talking about so that I could enhance what's going on. And, um, and I really, yeah, I, I just make sure that the types of media I consume, uh, the nutrition I consume, I hired a personal trainer several months back because I was not taking very good care of my body. And I could tell that was help, not helpful for my ambitious goals. Um, but that's a huge part of it is like, when I do hit the skids, I have resources in place. And that took me years to figure out how to do that. And, um, and I think that is honestly that what's been the thing that keeps me in line with where I'm going without very long detours, because the pain points still come up, the moods still hit the yikes, you know, those moments still come. And then when I can immediately, you know, I, I have a phone, a friend that I will be like, I'm having a bad day, hype me up. And she will hype me up you know, that's those little things that actually are the game changer for me. They keep me feeling like, yeah, okay, this, this moment is here. I'm going to just soak in it for a second. And then I need to take action. It's exactly what I coach people to do. I have to practice what I preach. Yeah. Imagine that. And I think too, you also are so good at holding space for other people, which allows you to be more open to have that space held for you, right? Which mm, we talked about yeah. earlier is like, and I think you do that so well. And I think it requires this level of, um, I think vulnerability and um, like the walls coming down. And that is the journey that we take as mm. entrepreneurs. Like we think it's about yeah. like, you know, making money or making impact, but like, it's really just like this deep uh, self-exploration and oh, yeah. like learning to love ourselves in a way that totally we before one of the, yeah one of the things I think about or I've really noticed that I've intentionally put uh, my mind on uh, ever well really the past several years because I've been divorced about five years uh, dated very minimally but I've had one person I've been dating for quite a while now and when I'm by myself I really consciously think what do I do when I'm by myself what do I want to do what do I think about what am I drawn to? Because that's also what really matters. Definitely the outward surroundings and having all of those different supports and less of the yucko vibes whenever we can possibly um, control that are great. Uh, but I think it was really fascinating to realize how much I loved adventuring. I hadn't been doing a lot of my outdoor adventures and stuff for prior years and different things that I'm like, 
really paying attention to what I do when I'm by myself and what types of thoughts are going through my head and how I spend my day. And, um, it really helped me to appreciate who I am and to want to stay in that flow even more. Cause when we're all by ourselves and we don't have to go, I don't know, well, what do you want to do? Where yeah. do you want to go? Yeah. Like, it's very empowering to be super honest with yourself about what's going on yeah. in your own little bubble. That's so good. It's just like asking ourselves more often, like, what do I want? That's yeah. so powerful. Um, I want to, before we wrap, I, I want to talk about ovation and I want you to leave our listeners with some little nuggets that they can take with them, whether they're yeah. physically on a stage or virtually on a stage, everybody, we all have a stage, right? And totally. so I definitely want us to talk about that, but I would love for you, one of the biggest things that you have really focused on this last year is launching your scalable offer. And I remember when you came into female founders board, the desire was there to have something and like, we were like, I think I was like, just wait, wait, I know it'll come. I know the clarity will come. And we were just kind of like, you were just letting it. And again, you, you do this so well. It's like there, you definitely were so pulled to do something, but the clarity wasn't quite there yet. Mm -hmm. And of course it was, I would, I really feel like it just like came out of thin air, but of course it was all the things that led up to that. But can you talk mm -hmm. about what that might have felt like as you were, you like really desired to do something, but it just required a little bit more waiting. I don't know if you can mm -hmm. talk about that. Oh, I can, because I first <laughs> thought of ovation in its like concept almost five years ago. Yeah. And I was like, Ooh, I like that. I like the sound of it. I like the feel of it. And I'm like, what's that going to be? And I just started doing one-on-one -on -one coaching at the time. And I was like, so I made some little notes. I stuck it in a folder. I was like, okay, it's out there. It's going to do what it's going to do. And I did kind of try to force it a couple of times. I was like, maybe that'll be my nonprofit arm, or maybe that'll mm -hmm. be this, or maybe it'll be whatever. Always thinking about how I can help people you know, cause I do very much believe that a lot of my success comes from serving. And whenever I feel like I'm not busy enough with clients, I look for who I can help. And I know that that is super, super helpful. So, uh, it's part of it is that you, you have to wait a lot of times anyways for things to unfold. And so allowing it with more grace is just paramount. It can be incredibly frustrating. Like Again, this is one of those things where it looks like, bam, suddenly this thing showed up. Like I just came up with this thing and no, 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 no. It was percolating for quite a few years. And as I would bring it up in my mind to try to decipher, is this comedy related? Is this cause related? Is this business related? I had to keep experiencing things myself and taking that inventory and listening to what my clients were asking for, looking at the way people interact on my social media. And then when it finally hit was that I realized, and this is like, sometimes I feel like a dumb, dumb, I don't notice these things right, right away. Yeah. But when I had people, more clients asking me about public speaking specifically, instead of just some of the other things I'd been doing, uh, you know, just traditionally and like, yes, and can help you with your business mm -hmm. stuff, which I still firmly believe in, even though I said that mm -hmm. floofy was I started thinking about how do you write a good speech? And then I re I remembered a time that I got a standing ovation at 9 a.m. in this like not ideal situation as far as it was not a very high, high uh, production value uh, event that I was speaking at. 
And I got a standing ovation, which blew my mind because it was a little bit of an older demographic than I normally am with way more men to women ratio, which is unusual for me to get that kind of feedback. And I had been incredibly vulnerable and cried about, you know, some different things that I tied from my personal life into my professional tools that people can take. Mm -hmm. And so it did sort of like suddenly hit me between the eyes when we were so deeply intentionally looking for it to blossom and I think that's why it hit with such clarity when it finally did, because then yeah. it was like, okay, I had put in the friggin' work all these years of really thinking, thinking it through. And then ovation in the way now that I'm teaching it to my speaking clients is what were the things that I was lacking that I literally lacked in order to get paid more as a speaker, to show up as an authority, to look legit, um, and I just took the long way because I didn't know any better. And then knowing what I know now, I'm like, okay, that's how we bypass it. But to pull together that, the whole reason I do what I do is because I remember feeling incredibly compelled to share a very personal story of mine in the topic of adoption mm -hmm. um, in 2015. So again, this is years ago. And it's like just now starting to really, really um, amplify and so uh, the hard part listeners is you have to be patient, but yeah. trust, trust that it's there. Cause when I look back, I'm like, the long game is it's all, it's always been how I am. Like mm -hmm. the, the themes are the same. The way I choose to show up is the same. The principles I'm passionate about are the same. They had different iterations and different little attempts of what if I do this or what if I do that? But the theme has always remained the same and staying true to myself and and my own uh, feeling of being compelled to share and seeing how much it helped other people um, made me realize how much other people need to be empowered to recognize that their story is going to be that helpful thing for whoever is hearing it from them. So ultimately, we all just need lots of positive stories, especially where <laughs> shitty things have happened. Am I allowed to say shitty on the podcast? Yes, oh, shitty. Oh, but yes, it's like, shitty. yeah, it's just pulling all the things together and I'm totally ram rambling on now, but it is like, it is humbling and frustrating and awesome and crazy the way that all of it works is because it is really difficult yeah. to have to wait sometimes when you feel the pressure of, you know, being a provider and feeling like, am I on the right path or do these things that seem like they're not being successful mean that I should be switching gears completely. We can get scared and want to shift gears. Mm -hmm. And, and that sets us back even more if we yeah. do that too swiftly. That's so good. Yeah. It's sort of like the throwing the baby out with the bathwater mentality is like, nothing's working. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And I think that patience is really just such a discipline really that we can build. Cause two, I think one of the things with you, and I think a lot of women can resonate with this is you're so multi-passionate, multi-faceted, like there's so much, right. That you could yeah. be successful in. And when yeah. it came to even like narrowing in on that scalable offer and like that leverage, it was hard at first, or it was yeah. unclear, like, well, where, where should I fit or, yeah. you know, quote unquote fit. Um, and so instead of forcing it, right. You just kind of like let it come. And it was really fun to see how everything started to click. So can you tell us or tell listeners about Ovation and really just what it looks and feels like and what, yeah. um, what you've been loving most about this, this program, this offer for your business? Yeah. 
I love it. Okay. So ovation is a training cohort where people are wanting to create their own six figure business around something they're passionate about using the vessel of public speaking primarily. So, uh, I, um, wanted to be able to give people the actual tools. They will literally be stepping on stage in front of an audience um, and recording their demo so that when someone does want to inquire or more likely, they're going to be the ones pounding the pavement, looking for calls to speak at whatever you know is appropriate fit for them, have their headshot, their bio, their speaker one sheet, their kit uh, of information to present themselves as the professional in their space. And I show them how to use all the missteps that I've done and to get to those quicker um, and and why. So what's what's fascinating to me, and I just feel so excited every time I get to connect with each of these people is they're all from a different background, all have different industry specifics that they're focusing on. And they all will initially tell me like, oh, I do X, Y, Z because of this. I like helping people save money. I like helping people feel good. Ah, la, 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 la. Okay, well. Why? And then when I finally find out their why, and it's some sort of childhood trauma or something that happened, you know, it doesn't have to always be a childhood trauma, but commonly it's something from a long time ago where something really drastic occurred that was a pain point for us. And the story of overcoming and how they have un almost unconsciously committed their lives to having other people not have to suffer what they did. And they didn't even realize it. And um, so that's been amazing is realizing that like one of my clients who is a mortgage lender loves to help people get homes and she's very good at numbers and loves math and strategy, but really she's breaking the cycle of poverty because her little world as a five-year-old went upside down with personal things and her dream home as a kid on this huge property in the playhouse and trampoline all shifted because of family dynamics. And when she realized that it was like, um, so I love it because to me, it's about connecting humanity. How, and how can we share these stories in a way that will intrigue people to want to hear more? I'm incredibly passionate about using humor and comedy, of course, in a way that connects, that doesn't punch down or mock others or be angry and, um, if we really feel passionate about something, we have to share it in a way that invites people to feel safe, to inquire more so that they have an opportunity to maybe change their mind or to consider looking at something with, with a different lens. Um, there's just so much anger and friction and divisiveness in the world that my goal is getting to the root of like, what is it in a way that we can share a story, especially when there's like really tender things that will touch other people's hearts to whatever their story is. And they will literally, I know I keep saying the word literally, but they will rise with enthusiasm because that that is something that they can relate to and they will want to take action. So yeah, essentially it's helping people understand really why they're doing what they're doing and how they can actually find joy in merging their professional skill set with their deep-rooted passion so that they can better serve their clients and uh, and thrive in a business that they love waking up to every day. Yeah, so good. I think, for, well, first of all, I, I imagine, you know, when you're describing your client, you know, she does, she's really good at, you know, buying and selling homes or numbers or whatever, right? And um, 
I think of her as like operating from the neck up. Right. But then mm -hmm. there's this part of her that's like, you know, this, this experience she had that she's deeply connected to and wants to use that for, and I imagine like, then it's like from the chest up. Right. And I think this yeah. is, we talk a lot about this, right. Even when it comes to creating content and sharing your message, like freaking dip into your heart, like drop into your heart space and share from there rather than the neck and the brain of like all the rules. And I think you're so good at doing this. And I think your origin story, right. Which is like the, the, the technical term of, you know, why you do what you do in a compelling way, I think is your biggest asset in your business. Is oh, it Right. Totally. It, for one, it, it re it makes sure, you know, it, it, it keeps you anchored, but then those are the, like, that story is what people connect with ultimately totally. and learning how to, for one, learning what it is, right. Cause sometimes people don't know yet right away consciously. Mm -hmm. Um, and then being able to share it in a way that and you said it so beautifully, I think what are some nuggets that you could offer around that piece? Because there is a level, I think it's like, well, how do I be vulnerable and also um, like not share the details of things that are too personal? Um, how do I, you know, um, um, how do I connect the dots from where I was and where I am in now and make that compelling? Um, I think there's a lot there that is missing mm -hmm. for people. Could you talk about that for a minute? Yeah, that would be a really long conversation <laughs> in general, but some yeah. initial insights would really be, to be honest with yourself about where you are with the story and are you still angry about it? Are you still hurt? Are you still thinking about it a lot? Like sometimes people are thinking about the story, but they don't actually realize it's connected to why they do what they do. And so we have these different stories that will go on in our minds and really we're in a, we're in a season of humanity where we want to hear the real stuff. So if you want to be in a space where you truly want to connect and impact, you need to like embrace the, the space of vulnerability. If you think about the types of people you follow and that you watch and pattern yourself, you know, you're like, oh man, I wish I could present like that. They're likely being incredibly vulnerable. They're sharing these little nuggets and they're doing it. The good ones. I know there's some other ones that are struggling a bit um, because you can tell when someone's sharing from victim and anger and not productive and they want to be mad and point fingers of blame versus saying, this is the thing that happened. And man, it was painful. And you can give a little taste um, to try it out. But I, the thing that is so interesting is the more I opened up to give even more of a picture of where my pain points were, specifically in my case with like an adoption story that was very, very heavy. When I give a couple of examples of like, a time that I was, when it was happening, like all the way flashback a 20 year, you know, 23 years ago now, when I felt X, Y, Z in this moment, picking something you feel like you are comfortable sharing, but is true to the story, because that's when people are going to go, Oh, they're going to trust you more. They're going to go, Oh, she gets it. Like if someone is not telling you their personal story, of why they're doing the thing they're doing. I don't want to work with them. I don't, I don't trust that they even can relate to me if they're covering up that vital part of their humanity. Um, and I, I think that it's a beautiful season to be in that 
we want to share and we just need to do it in a way that like if you are still really upset like in comedy i'll say i only just recently started making jokes about divorce because i'm five years out and i still i found myself sounding still a little bit bitchy and i don't want to sound that way so even while i have self-deprecating parts of it for sure um I have to be very honest with myself about where I'm at on certain things and share them in a way that is taking accountability for my role, my ownership, my experience, all the things that happened to me might have been because of other people's choices in some ways. And I only can do something worth hearing if I figure out what my role was in it and decide to begin from today, write the story the way that I want it to be. Um, so uh, there's no easy answer. You have to just do it. Like you have to look like a real person. We watch celebrities. I know I'm totally like tangent yeah. here, but I love social media that we can follow any celebrity now. And we are like that we're just right there. We're that close. And when we get to see them be a real human being, hello, that changes everything for me to see the behind the scenes of like my favorite recording artists or singer songwriters or comedians or whoever. And I'm seeing them do the daily grind and they're juggling all the family life and the whatever, or the times they do ones without makeup and whatever. Like I'm like, well, the playing field is leveled. Like opportunity is so abundant and I trust and love and want to support and throw my money at their products even more when I'm like, oh my gosh, this is coming from such a true place. Oh, good. I love that you said that, that trust and love that opens up, right? And it's that it comes from that connection that's made. It's so beautiful. Um, tell us about, give us one, maybe two little nuggets. If you imagine we all have our own stage and just encouraging listeners to realize, like, if you consider yourself a coach, consultant, you know, author, whatever that looks like you are, you know, a leader and you're stewarding a movement, whether you only quote unquote, only have a hundred people. I only say that because that's what I hear, right? Or you have thousands of people. Uh, you are taking on that responsibility of, you know, stewarding um, those people in your audience. So what what do you want to leave people with when, when you, uh, as far as encouraging people to really claim their stage and carry that movement with grace? Yeah. Well, first of all, you all have a stage right this second. You can sign on to social media. Boom, you have a stage. I remember hearing actually from Gary Vaynerchuk a long time ago about um, paying attention to like the audience of one. Maybe you have one follower. You're on a Facebook live and only one person is showing up. And it used to be like really this, the, the normal thing to do would be like, oh, I'm going to wait here. Okay, guys, I'm going to get a link two or three minutes until somebody's on here. And I'm like, hello, the person that is already there, you're being so disrespectful to just go right into it. The replays okay. aren't going to sit there watching that anyway. Right. So I think about it, like, I mean, Shakespeare said it best that all the world is a stage. We can actually just be in that mode Anytime we decide we want to that, I like, what do I want to share that day? Again, it goes back to like, maybe it's just, well, I'm having an interaction. Sometimes the only person I see on a day I don't have my kids is if I am going to the grocery store. So I want to have something meaningful happen. Right. And so we get to honor every single soul involved, even if it is only one person. And sometimes, and guess what folks, that one person that day might only be you. 
Mm. And yet, if you are sharing your own message, I listen to my own stuff more regularly now, just because I'm trying to get more refined with the way I deliver certain things. Mm -hmm. And as painful as it is, that's something I learned from comedy as well, is you got to watch your tape. You got to watch your set and see where did people laugh? Where could you have worded something differently? Where should you have taken a pause? Uh, so that you can do better. So listen to yourself, like listen to the types of messages that you're, you're sharing, refine it. I think I'm one of the things I'm most grateful for is that I've been doing this as long as I've been given an opportunity to just create my own stages. And so now I feel very seasoned and now more people are looking. So I feel like I'm way in my flow as my followers have, uh, you know, increased and been more effective newsflash with the ones that are already in there. I don't have gobs and gobs of followers, you know, like combined maybe several thousand between all the platforms. And yet I'm filling the biggest ticket price items I've ever had in my life from people so that are good. right there. So you, you just, the stage is there. You already have it. No matter anytime you're opening your mouth, unless you're alone in your room. And again, it's still just like you, why are you saying the things that you're saying? What thoughts are going through your head as you're formulating these sentences? And if you think it's worth sharing, then it's probably worth exploring. Like, how can I continue to like really do this from a good place so that whoever one or 10,000 people who ever happens to see that it's coming from a really good place because it will touch people in a more positive way and then be more likely that they want to continue to stay in mm. your airspace. Just so good showing up, even if it's just you, right? How you show up for yourself would determine how you show up for others. So I love that you said that. That's so beautiful. And I think we always, or we can easily take for granted the people that are already showing up for us and waiting. And you're like, they're right there, yeah. they're right in front of you. Show yeah. up for them. That's so good to yeah. all the mic drops over here. So good. I'll never forget when you, I had this, I just had this vision of Hawaii when you launched uh ovation for the first time and you like went off to Hawaii and we're like, Megan, it was like this most beautiful thing. And you were like, this is what I get to do. And it was such a beautiful reminder of like, why not forgetting the fact that we do this to create freedom for ourselves um, and giving ourselves those options mm -hmm. and you, you doing that, right. Was, was also just part of that journey of showing up for your life and committing to the things yeah. that you wanted. And I think that was such a beautiful representation of that is like, Oh, I'm in the middle of lunch and I'm going to go to Hawaii. No big deal. That's so good. Yeah. I was like, it's going to work. It's going to yeah. work. I kept telling myself, it's going to work. And if I have to sit on a bunch of phone calls, I may as well be looking out a window to the beach. Sheesh, so, good. And if I don't know, it was one of the best gifts gosh. I've given myself in a very long time. So good. Oh my gosh, Megan, what an honor. Um, I know we could jam out forever, but we'll wrap up. I think there's so many nuggets here. I think from really uh, the full spectrum, right? When you think about like really thinking about your story, why you're doing what you're doing, really getting honest with yourself all the way to what does it look like to even um, show up on stage, whether that's virtually on social, physically, et cetera. Um, and you, uh, again, just like reiterating um, that commitment piece and you are such a beautiful 
um, example and, and model and leader for just like taking your life by the freaking horns and doing it. And it's been so fun to watch. So where can people learn about you? We'll also include um, links in the show notes, but tell people where to find you. Always easiest to find me at kooky Megan, not kooky like that you eat kooky like she's a kooky person, K-O-O-K-Y. M-E-G-A-N, but, um, man, I mean, someone, I mean, I'm not a big deal, but I'm really easy to Google. <laughs> I have a couple of different websites with, uh, Megan and improvteamculture.com. But, um, yeah, I love connecting on the socials. It's such a fun place to just interact and see what people are up to. And yeah, that's awesome. good stuff. We'll include links in the show notes. Megan, cool. thank you so much for being here again. Yeah. I think people will thank get you. so much from this conversation. Um, it's such an honor. Awesome. Thank you. Feelings mutual. Hey, you. Thank you so much for listening. It's an honor to be able to pour into the hearts and minds of like-minded entrepreneurs all over the world. But my most favorite part is being able to connect with you in real life. If you loved what you heard here, head over to the community where thousands of female CEOs, just like you, are changing the world one human at a time. We go deeper into the topics we discuss here and give away tangible roadmaps to help you crush your revenue goals. To join this high caliber free community, head over to kinseymackis.com forward slash community. See you there.